<laughs> and we are live. Good morning, Katie. Thanks so much for joining me morning, on this On My Be Your Best Self podcast. I really appreciate you spending the next hour or so um, with me. So, yeah, thanks so much for jumping on. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I love talking about this sort of area of life. So it's fantastic to be here. Thanks for having me. No worries at all. So if you are joining us, feel free to pop any questions or comments in um, in the comments. We'll see them or I'll see them coming through. If you have any questions for either Katie or myself, um, yeah, feel free to ask away. We'll obviously answer them the best we can. So we're sort of going to focus on anxiety, trauma, and how to reclaim your awesomeness because that is what Katie helps people to do and she is awesome at that. So feel free to, um, yeah, jump on there and and um, ask any questions or say hi. And this will also be um, come available later on today on Apple iTunes. So we've got Kath Cohen joining us and she said hello. So good morning, Kath. Good morning. So for Kath and anyone else joining us, and I've made sure, I know we've chatted before and, you know, I do know a bit about what you do, but I'm going to act like I don't. So then everybody else can learn um, with me about what you do and the message that you share and that sort of thing. So I guess if you can just explain to people a little bit about what you do um, to begin with and you're based in the Tamworth area as well, which is fantastic because you're only just down the road um, from me and it's so awesome to have other people helping people and educating people in this area, I think too, especially at the moment um, because we are in such a bad drought. So take it away. Absolutely. Great. Thank you so much, Becky. Yes, for sure. So I can I go back to a little bit about my backstory as to what I do. So I am a farming girl. My dad and mum own property down in Crindai. So we grew up on the farm my entire life and I've got two young boys. And so my journey kind of starts, um, I guess I was four and I got diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and fast forward then to having my children and both of my births were quite traumatic um my my experience for my um having my eldest cooper was quite traumatic and then when we had lucas we actually spent three weeks in the nicu in john hunter um, with him on quite intense life support so you know, over my life, I've been through a, f a fair few little bits and pieces along the way. And for me, my pivotal moment in my thinking, in my mindset was changing um, after Lucas was I didn't even realise that things had changed for me. I mean, I just thought it was being a mum of two kids and that this was normal. I was tired. I didn't want to do anything. I didn't want to go anywhere. And I was always, those who know me I was always the girl that was first to the party last to leave the one that would put her hand up to do absolutely anything go everywhere someone invited you do it and so when I when I was going in my journey I was sort of sitting there looking at helping other people because that's what I've always loved to do right so I've always loved to help other people even from when I was little and I, I went and decided that I would train in NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis. And I was going there with the intention of doing that so that I had tools and strategies that I could help people who were coming to me for advice on wellness, on health, um, because I'd lost a lot of weight. I'd, 
I dropped um, blood results to do with my thyroid levels and people were asking me for support but I just didn't know how to do it. So I thought, okay, I'll go and learn about this. So I went to Sydney and I trained in NLP, timeline therapy and hypnosis and it wasn't until I was sitting in the training room that they were talking about people who suffered from anxiety and people who suffered from post-traumatic stress. So they were actually talking about Marines and they were talking about flashbacks. They were talking about not being able to think of other things, being really reactive and responsive to the small things, um, having this constant feeling of fear and this constant heart palpitations. There were all these different symptoms that they were talking about and I just sat back, almost burst into tears and went, holy moly, that's me. Oh, my gosh. It was like right in my face. So I was really confronted by these things because I was having flashbacks of when I'd had um, Cooper and when I'd had Lucas and they were there every day, two or three times a day, and I just thought it was kind of a normal thing and it had become my new norm. And once I went through my training did all the processes that we do when you're in timeline therapy and hypnosis using NLP to rewire my thinking, then that's when life absolutely changed for me. And so now what I do is I want to help people to stop suffering with these emotions that we just feel so overwhelmed by and there's so much chaos that we feel in our day-to-day when all we really want to do is be calmer and enjoy our lives and be able to laugh and want to go and do things and and rediscover who we are and sometimes that means creating our new awesomeness Mm -hmm. so I I like to explain to a lot of people that um you know the way I looked at it was like I was an airplane and after Cooper I'd kind of had one wing that had been a little bit damaged and flown off a bit but after Lucas my whole plane had been destroyed and it had felt like I'd been scattered across the landscape. And I was like, I just didn't know what was wrong or, for that fact, what I could do about it. So now I like to think that my plane is rebuilt to a certain point. There's my tail, right? And it's way, way, way over in the dirt pile because I actually don't want that part back. So I am redesigning and recreating my awesomeness through my coaching business by helping people transform their lives so that they can live extraordinary lives. So that's, I guess, the short story. (laughs) Maybe the long story, Becky, I don't know. (laughs) It's perfect. And it makes so much sense. And I think sometimes we just need to be able to break it down what we do or, you know, how trauma affects us and then how it shows up in a really simple to understand way you know because the mind our nervous system is really complex but it's also really simple at the same time you know that's a really cool thing about it so why nlp why timeline therapy why um hypnotherapy what drew you to that in particular great so it was an interesting conversation i have my brother um who's a financial planner and him and i have quite interesting conversations around business and he knows how much i love to help people as does he And so we had this conversation one day and he just said to me, Katie, have you ever thought about NLP? And I was like, 
what is NL what? What did you say? NLF? No, Katie, NLP, which is neuro-linguistic programming. So programming of the mind, programming our thinking. And so, of course, he said those words, and I have a lot of respect for my brother. So I then went and delved into what NLP was. And there was, you know how you have that innate sense, that gut feeling that you need support but you don't know what it is? Mm-hmm. As I was researching, I, I went into the rabbit hole, right? So I went into the rabbit hole of NLP and it was talking about, you know, the language that we use, how our mind works, how our thinking can change, how sometimes we're so stuck in one way but there's another way to see something. Our options aren't just this. There's a plethora of them. And the more I delved into it, the more I went, oh, maybe this is something unconsciously. Now I look back, I was going, oh, this may actually be something that could support me. And at the time it was all about everyone else. But So I looked through and the company that I studied through, they offered a full training of NLP, timeline therapy, hypnosis and NLP coaching. And I just went, ah, oh, okay, I'm going to have a look at those. So I delved into it even more. And the thing that I love, love, love about timeline therapy, it's my favourite modality to use with hypnosis, um, is because it's content-free. So for me, the beauty of this process is that I can actually let go of my past negative emotions, all those decisions that I had made that had got me to where I am and the state that I was in and I can do it without having to relive it, right? Because I had tried so many different options about trying because my friend had said to me, Katie, you need to deal with what happened with Lucas. I was like, no, I don't. I'm fine. And so I tried a few different options and they didn't work for me. Now, they may work for others, but they didn't work for me, whereas timeline therapy allowed me not to relive the trauma, but to be able to acknowledge, take the learnings and let go of all that stored emotion because as you probably know or may or may not know, but our negative emotions are stored throughout our body in every single cell of our body. There's a doctor named Dr. Bruce Lipton Mm -hmm. who talks about his amazing studies in this field. And so for me, not reliving it, Mm-hmm. absolutely vital because we spent three weeks in the NICU and there was lots of stuff go on. We were called three times to say Lucas wouldn't make it. <clears throat> Who wants to relive that, right? Like nobody would want to relive that stuff. So for me, timeline therapy and hypnosis were amazing because I did not have to relive any of the event. It was content-free and no one else had to experience it either. So my practitioner, so my coach, they didn't have to know the nitty-gritty of what I went through because I did it all through my thinking because it creates the power within us because the only change we make is the change we make within ourselves and that is amazingly powerful. And so the coach guided and supported me through that process and cleared out that emotion so I no longer have anxiety I no longer have those feelings the flashback stopped immediately that was the cool thing like I can now go back and imagine myself in the NICU touching the humi crib hearing the buzzes the noises and I have no trigger of an emotion 
coming back up for me. So when that happened, I was like, oh, my gosh, this needs to be shared with the world, you know, totally passionate going, oh, my God, everybody who's been through anything tough, they just need to do this. <laughs> yeah. So that was how it came into putting it into my coaching practice. I wasn't originally going to be a coach in this sort of thing, but once I found the power of the, the timeline therapy and hypnosis and knowing that it's content-free, knowing that I can get rid of those past negative emotions at the root, just gone, then holy smokes, that's yep. like gold, right? Absolutely. And because that's a lot, all of the work that I do is focused on that root cause and releasing that and creating, you know, I guess new programming, new beliefs, but reinterpreting that event as well. And so, because I know a lot of people and I, and I have noticed lately, um, especially when it comes to anxiety, which obviously is just our body's stress response, you know, and it's a really natural feeling, but it's coming from a lot of the time. It is like PTSD, you know. Mm. And so a lot of people who I know probably don't believe and haven't ever heard any of this stuff before and maybe have just, you know, gone to their doctors, gone down the sort of Western medical route and have been told, you know, you are just an anxious person. This is just how you are. You'll feel this way forever. It's about managing your symptoms, you know, like how incredible it is and I think it makes it even more amazing as a coach like you've experienced it yourself and I have as well first and foremost the difference that it makes in our lives you know I've had people say to me have you ever have you ever experienced anxiety you know like yes I have that's why I'm sharing this stuff you know like I have chronic chronic anxiety do you know what I mean yeah. and so and now I live free of it so I promise yeah. you that this stuff works what can you say to people who are still in that space that you know I maybe I suppose if they sort of come into our world or see bits and pieces that we share on this and they're like this is just the complete opposite of what I've ever heard before hopefully maybe it like starts a little fire inside them or hopefully it might just be you know their intuition their higher self that knows yes there is a way out of this um, yes, we're not meant to be this way. You know, there's a reason why we feel the way that we feel, but they're not quite there yet. What what sort of advice can you give to people like that? Do you have many conversations like that in your practice? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And, you know, it, it totally understand it as well because that was the space I was in. You know, this this thing of anxiety is it's that stress response, and I love how you said that because it is that stress response, but it's a constant stress response which is just toxic for our bodies. Now, yeah. some people might look at that and when I say toxic think, oh, come on, but it truly is damaging our bodies and it's when we're in that constant fear. So you're meant to get nervous. You're meant to get a bit of anxiety around certain things, but it's also meant to stop and you're meant to come back to what they call homeostasis. So we're meant to come back to that natural feeling of calm and together. It's when you live in that constant stress, that constant fear. So, you know, um, my, my big aha moment, so this is what I do, is I tell people about my big aha moment and where I, I'm not a person that goes and seeks medical treatment naturally. Like if I need to go to the doctors, yes, I'm a type 1 diabetic, right? I have medicine that keeps me alive every single day of my life. So I'm not against medical. I'm not against medical professionals. But for me personally, um, I wanted to try something else first before I went to 
the medicines. And um, so this was just another avenue for me. And so my experience was when I had Lucas, who's my youngest, he was four and a half, almost five, and he scooted around the corner. I was quite on edge all the time, but he scooted around the corner, his spoon fell out of his bowl, landed on the floor, milk went on the floor. Not a lot. He didn't spill the whole thing, and I lost it at him. Like I was so angry. I could feel it like a volcano coming from my toes and exploded out, and I just could not stop it. I knew it wasn't right. As a mum, I'm like, you don't speak to your children like this, but I could not stop it. I could feel my face going red, my body hot, all those things. And it's a, you know, it was the moment for me that I went, I need to change something. So my thing to those people who are looking and going, oh, this is so new to me, this is so um, foreign or unheard of in my life is to just be open be open to what comes to you because if you're watching this, if you're listening to what we're talking about and it's resonating with you, then maybe this is the option for you. Maybe these options that we choose are something that you'd like to try because it absolutely does work. I'm with you, Becky, 100%. So we sometimes we need to just inquire a little bit more about it. So I like to get on and talk to people about my experience and answer their questions. So my biggest thing to people is ask the questions and because if you ask the questions, we can answer them for you and then if that satisfies your desire for more knowledge, then you will be able to make an informed decision about what you're going to do in the future. Mm-hmm. Is yep. that helpful? Perfect. Absolutely. Yep. I completely agree. And the other thing too is if it if you're not there yet, that's perfectly okay. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, the stress that we put ourselves under trying to do something that doesn't feel right for us yeah. does more damage, you know. Absolutely. So just go with what feels right for you with whatever that is, you know. If you do need medication to support you, fantastic. You right. know, if you don't, fantastic. Whatever it is that you need, but just I guess the thing is be proactive and just know that you don't have to live the rest of your life feeling this way yes, you know, yes. because it's exhausting. It's debilitating. Like anxiety literally robs us of yeah. our life. You know, I remember waking up in the middle of the night, waking up in a full-blown panic attack yeah. and having absolutely no idea why. And I think for me personally, a big thing that really, really helped me um with my recovery and this was way before I had hypnotherapy way before I had any sort of NLP stuff or lifeline technique any sort of subconscious programming um was educating myself on anxiety because I honestly felt like I woke up one day and I had anxiety and I knew how I used to feel and looking back now I can see how it did show up at different times but it wasn't until I had a panic attack wasn't until my body spoke to me well it was actually yelling at me <laughs> saying hey this is you can't keep doing this you can't keep getting in these unhealthy relationships you know like you can't keep putting yourself down you can't keep doing these things you know wake up wake up wake up and that's quite often what it's like but unfortunately it's not until our body um, present symptoms and sensations do we stop and go oh, hold on a minute 
you know, but then when we look back, we can go, oh, okay, well, psychologically, I can see the toll that the stress or the unhealthy relationship or whatever it was taking. Emotionally, I can see that, you know, now I can. And we quite often, because we can be, just not have that awareness, I suppose. And if we've had it for so long, and a lot of my clients have felt anxious in some sort of way their whole lives so don't really have anything to compare it to but it's not until our body starts speaking to us which is exactly what it's doing there's nothing wrong with us you know symptoms sensations are just a conversation but then we wake up and we listen and then quite often then <coughs> pardon me what we do is we go to the doctors yeah. we say i feel this way i've got a racing heart you know, I've got sweaty palms, I'm tired in the chest, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I think definitely at that point in time, if you do notice that, it's about asking more questions as well and asking ourselves the questions, okay, what have I been experiencing? What stress have I got? And quite often a lot of people who I talk to, you know, say, oh, well, I've got this going on and this and this and this and this, you know what I mean? And But that's, that's just life, you know. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot and just because you know that's all that you've ever experienced doesn't mean that your body your mind your emotional state your nervous system everything should just be able to handle that so on that as well can we dive into because I love what you mentioned about our nervous system and when we're not able to um, relax back into or get back down to that healthy baseline as I call it and then we become hyper stimulated So let's talk about that because that's quite often then when we get those physical symptoms, when we start to notice something, when our nervous system is hyperstimulated as a result, sort of like a snowball effect, you know, and it's not until Uh, it bowls us over at the top of the hill that we're like, oh, okay, hold on a minute. I'm going to do something about this. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's the beauty. Like our unconscious mind, in in the work that I do, we talk about the conscious and the unconscious mind. Mm -hmm. And that unconscious mind that response from your body is your exactly what you're saying, your unconscious mind screaming at you that you need to pay attention to something. Mm-hmm. I work with people who have a lot of neck, back and shoulder pain and sometimes that is literally their unconscious mind screaming at them to pay attention yep. to their emotions. And so I, I love talking about this stuff. So the, the, when we talk about the nervous system and getting back to what they call homeostasis, which is just our what did you call it, sorry? The, a the healthy baseline. Healthy baselines, yeah. I love that. So that healthy baseline is when we're in that anxious mode, so we have the two different types of systems in our body and we have the one which is the fight or flight mm-hmm. and that's the one that anxiety, stress, um, panic attacks, all those things, you're living in that state all the time. And then you have the other side which is the rest and digest and that's where we're at that normal healthy baseline and that's the one that we should be spending most of our time in because what happens is in our brain we have the amygdala and the amygdala is our croc brain. So it's the part of our brain that is there from the very, very beginning and it is the one that protects us. It's the one that keeps us safe. It's the one that when you see a car coming, you don't step out right in front of it. It's the one that when someone comes up and taps you, you go, whoa, because you didn't expect it to be there, right, and you feel all the sensations. So it's designed hardwired into us to keep us safe. And they always talk about it, you know, in all the literature, it doesn't matter what um, personal development coach you talk to or medical doctor, they'll tell you that that is the the part of the brain that talks about when we had cavemen and you would have be chased by a lion or whatever it was, you were in that so it would give 
your body the energy it needed to deal with the threat that it perceived. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's yeah. job is literally to scan for danger. Scan because for danger. all it needs to do is keep us safe and keep us alive. So it's like scanning, scanning, scanning potential threat. <laughs> Absolutely, all the time. And without us even having to think about it, it just does it on autopilot, which is awesome. Super cool. Because that means that we get kept safe and our body will give us a signal, right, Mm -hmm. to go into that. So what happens when we live in that constant fight or flight is that it releases all these hormones and these chemicals in our body that are not designed to be there. So it, it releases all of those and it's always in that constant mode. And then your body is always on that hyper alert that you're talking about. And so it's really important through different um, methods, modalities, strategies, tools, you can bring yourself down out of that back into the rest and digest where your body can do what it needs to do. Your digestive system will work better. Your head will think clearer. Your body will relax more. You'll be have more energy because you're not spending all your energy being in that constant fight or flight. Like I don't know about you and the people you see, but a lot of the people I work with, they feel that they're constantly on and there is no time to rest. And so their muscles, their body, they're exhausted mm-hmm. because their bodies are on all the time. So it's a really interesting view when you start to look at how powerful the mind is and our thinking. And this may seem quite out there for, for people who are suffering with anxiety, but we have the choice to come down out of that. And we just need to work out the methods that we need, whether like you said, you educate yourself. So you find out, you read about it, you work out the tools, you action them because you've got to take action on them, not just read about them (laughs) to find that. Or you might need extra support in a coaching method or by your GP or psychiatrist, psychologist, whoever it might be for you. might be a kinesiologist. It might be through massage. All those things um, is to get our body out of that fight or flight and down into the rest and digest so that our hormone levels go back to where they are naturally designed to be because our body's designed to be in a certain frame of mind I guess yeah and that left beautifully said that yeah absolutely thank you so much for that and I just want to say hello to everyone who's joining us and if they want to um, pop a comment uh, have a question about anything that we're talking about um, and if they are watching the the replay thanks for joining us too and so just on that a little bit further So I know, and I'm pretty sure we're on the same page with this stuff, definitely getting to the root cause of why we feel anxious. And a lot of the time it is really good to get some support with that, somebody who has some tools to be able to help do that so we don't have to um, continually suffer or I suppose make the recovery process longer than it needs to be because there are some really, really cool, amazing things that are, are helpful and so effective. So if somebody's like, okay, cool, well, I'm going to um, I'm going to start doing something and I can see, I understand it comes from somewhere. In the meantime, what are some tips and tricks that we can do on a day-to-day basis? Like I know um, I recommend cutting out caffeine for people mm-hmm. because caffeine is a stimulant. You know, yeah. it it um, creates the same physical symptoms in our body that anxiety does. And so if we've got a hyper-stimulated nervous system because when our nervous system is hyper-stimulated, it actually creates anxiety symptoms for no reason. 
And that can be quite often when, you know, we're in the shopping centre and all of a sudden we have an anxiety attack and it's our nervous system just playing up and, you know, um, doing that, creating those symptoms just because it's just constantly in that state, you know what I mean? But then what we tend to do is like, oh, my God, I'm in the shopping centre. I need to get out of here. This must be the cause of my anxiety. So then we remove ourselves and then we don't want to go back there again. Or we might be driving the car, you know, like and we have an anxiety attack. Oh, my God, I can't drive then. It's not safe for me to drive, you know, and that can quite often happen too. So I definitely recommend, and it's not forever, um, but cutting out or definitely reducing caffeine because that can then confuse our nervous system as well. Um, I know magnesium, and if anyone wants to take magnesium, obviously talk to um, someone at the health food store or doctor or chemist or whatever, but magnesium is fantastic for helping us relax and especially with sleep too. Um, and, And just moving our body, not in a way that it increases our heart rate because, again, that's another symptom of anxiety and that can be really confusing and uncomfortable, but just to be able to expel some of that excess energy that we've got moving through our body with those hormones when we're constantly in that fight or flight, um, uh, I guess, response uh, and state. So anything else that you can recommend to people, you know, while they're supporting themselves in other ways but just on a day-to-day basis, obviously getting sleep is is good too. What other sort of Um, things? Absolutely. I 100% agree with everything that you say. Absolutely fantastic. I think one of the biggest things is actually starting to take awareness. Like one of the biggest keys for anxiety was that I wasn't doing and some of the viewers might not be doing is actually paying attention to what's going on in our body they're like I'm just stressed out I'm okay this is just normal is it like is it really asking yourself that but some of the strategies that we use I've just been running some anxiety workshops and one of the biggest ones is that I'll just go back to the example of you say in the shopping center Mm -hmm. right So sometimes we might all of a sudden feel this anxiety come over us and there's a really great tool that you can do and it's breath, just simple breathing, simple breathing. So what we have to do is when we we are in anxiety, we're actually, our brain is living in the future. So we are making a a fear of something happening in the future because of our past experience. Mm -hmm. Right, so our past experiences come along. I hope you don't mind me digressing just for a sec. Love it. Go for your life. <laughs> so we've got that um, we've got that fear response for the future because of what's happened to us in the past and those experiences. So that root cause was the first point that this all started to build up. And then what we're doing now is we're actually our mind is in the future and our body is in the now. Mm-hmm. And what happens is they're like this, right? So your mind's here in the future and your body's here in the shop. But what you can do to get rid of that response is actually align them so that your thinking is in line with where your body is. So we've got to get these things behind. So um, I heard Jay Shetty talk about in a podcast about sometimes our body is lagging and our mind's in front. And sometimes when we're suffering from stress and overwhelm and anxiety, our body is fast forward, so it's doing what it needs to do, but our mind is back in the past and we're reliving. So for me, I was reliving Lucas's event. And so what you can do in that moment, if you're in the shop, is you can just stop for a sec. So stop your body moving and stand still. And then you can just simply breathe in. For th- I do three and five. Mm-hmm. But you breathe in for three, but you have to count and visualise the number in your head as you do it. Mm-hmm. So you're going in one, two, 
three, and then do the same when you breathe out. One, two, three, four, five. And then you breathe in, two, three. So if you're here, do it with me. And out, two, three, four, five. And the beauty of this is that brings in line your mind and your thinking with your body. They're both doing the same thing. And it, if you do it now, if you're if the people watching or if you're watching the replay, just notice the shift that happens in your body when you, you actually do that. And you do it for four, five, six times, whatever it is. I know now if I feel myself being stressed, I do it twice and I'm like, ha, 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 here I am back to, back to where I need to be. You know, because I'm not saying I don't get stressed anymore. Yeah, of course. You know, life, life brings what it does. So that's one of the really the best ones. The second one is absolutely taking care of your health, making sure that you're, if you eliminate caffeine, that you add in that water because mm-hmm. your body needs all of those things to pump everything around beautifully. So we need to make sure mm-hmm. that we're doing that as well. And another thing that I really like to do, if I'm if I'm feeling really stressed about something, and this is a strategy that I give to people, is brain dumping. Mm -hmm. So whatever it is that's going round and round and round in your head. So I get my clients to sit down and they brain dump. When they're in that space of feeling really stuck and like there's a whirlwind going on, that's how I describe it anyway, whirlwind going on in their thinking is to brain dump it all out. Mm -hmm. Then what you do is you cross off the things that you do not need to be thinking about. Like, yes, I've acknowledged them. Cross them off, I don't need to do them. And then you can align them in a list. Okay, well, what's the most important thing I need to get done right now? Mm-hmm. And then go through, what's the second thing that I need to do? What's the third? And just take that time to dump it all out and, and time box yourself because <laughs> I know living what living with anxiety was like, I could have just gone on forever, but I would time box myself that, so that it would be dumped within two minutes and then it's all out and it makes, because your unconscious mind thinks so quickly, it mm. can do that. It is possible for it to do that. So you have breath work, you have brain dumping. And the other thing is to get into a state of where you acknowledge it and then you actually bring yourself back. So mm-hmm. the first step is awareness always mm-hmm. because if you don't know it, you can't do the breathing. If you don't know it, you can't do the brain dump. So we need to make sure that we've got that awareness of what's going on around me, in me. Am I snapping at my husband? Am Mm -hmm. I upset with the kids? Is everything too noisy? That was one of mine. Like was Mm. was too much noise going on when realistically there wasn't. Um, That was my signal. So knowing our bodies innately enough that we can capture those signals and do that. So I'm all about food and health all about that breathing and brain dumping. And I love that what you said about the exercise. So, you know, yoga, Pilates, there's a, an awesome free app called Down Dog mm-hmm. and it's incredible for you can do a 10-minute one. So even if you're, use, you're time poor, you can do a 10-minute beginner mm-hmm. and it's just enough to bring your body back. And you can do that in between clients, in your lunch break, um, in the middle of the day whenever is necessary as well yeah that's fantastic and I've just actually I was typing them up as we were going through them and I posted them in the comments as well as that app too so people have that there to reference back to um as well um 
And so um, I've just lost my train of thought and where I was going with that because I was trying to do two things at once and that's just what that's happens. Right. I think the big message too, Becky, is that um, like my big, one of my biggest messages is that we don't have to live this way. Mm-hmm. You know, you look at, at where you and I have come from to where we are today, the benefits of actually taking back control over your thinking is absolutely incredible because we have so many thoughts going. We have over 70,000 thoughts going on in our heads every single day and most of them are recycled mm-hmm. Yeah, from the day before. <laughs> so we need to start making, yeah, right, that whirlwind. Woo! Yeah. So the, the reason brain dumping really works well is because it allows room for new thoughts to come through which you can create mm-hmm. because um, one of the keys in what, what I do is, and I think, in, you know, in hypnosis, all those things that we both do, is we have this internal screen mm-hmm. and if we can close our eyes and visualise how we want to feel, our unconscious mind doesn't actually know if it's real or not. Mm-hmm. So the more you do that, the more that that's going to happen in your thinking and your unconscious mind is going to go, ah, oh, I'm totally relaxed, I'm feeling relaxed. And then yep. it starts to come down into your heart space and when you're visualising, visualization and your feeling in your body are aligned then your unconscious mind starts to believe that that's what's going on and it starts to make that slow and steady change within yourself as well yeah absolutely and perfectly said and that's the amazing thing with our mind you know it doesn't know the difference between memory imagination or reality and I do this exercise with clients at the start of a lifeline session. And a, and a lot of the work too, as you were saying, is focusing on what we do want, not what we want to get away from, yeah. not what we want to change. You know, I say, okay, so how do you want to feel? Well, I don't want to feel anxious, but we're still focusing on the anxiety. Yeah. I mean, quite often when we're so caught up in it because it's so consuming, mm. that's all we can think about. And we haven't actually stopped and thought about what do I want? How do I want to feel? And so you can do an exercise, you know, and definitely coming from your heart space and settling in and thinking that and just using our imagination and visualizing what that looks like, what that feels like. What what is it like to wake up in the morning and just feel relaxed, to feel motivated for the day, to know that you have really phenomenal coping skills and, you know, you know that there'll be speed humps along the way and that's just life, but you're no longer carrying that baggage away. Like you feel relaxed, you feel calm, you feel positive. You know, when you're interacting with people, you speak clearly, you show up as yourself, you know, you can communicate in a way that people know you're being authentic. And you're okay with yourself and you feel like you're enough, you know. When you sit there and you imagine that, you know, the whole state of our body just completely changes. And and that's what Dr. Darren calls, you know, what we refer to as mind medicine. Yes. Just from thinking something, just from imagining it, the words that we speak are so powerful. They all have a vibration, you know. Like I can rec- I recommend anybody to go and look at um look check out Dr. Mazzaro Moto's work with water crystals and the power of words, you know. And yeah. the same as that YouTube clip that's going around with the two different plants in that high school or primary school, whatever it was, and mm-hmm. they were both in the same environment. And for one month, the kids bullied one plant, and for that month the same time they, you know, spoke words of love and affection and kindness to the other plant. And the one that was being bullied literally was dying. I'm getting goosebumps as I'm thinking about yeah, this. Yeah. From words, from that energy, you know, yeah. and I guess definitely touching on that awareness that we're talking about too, becoming aware of going, what am I saying to myself? 
Yes. What story am I attaching to this experience? Because the other thing that we need to understand as well is that it's not so much what happens to us. It's the beliefs that we attach to it and the story we attach to it and what we decide to be true about ourselves, which mm-hmm. in most cases the core limiting belief for every single person is I'm not enough. Yeah. I'm not enough, you know. And sometimes, you know, we talk about, you know, big T, little T, big trauma, little trauma, those sorts of things. We all have trauma. That's a part mm-hmm. of life, you know, and it's not about blaming our parents. You know, trauma is the explanation. It's not the excuse. I believe everybody does the best that they can with what they've got at the time. But it's like, do I want to continue to suffer? Do I want to continue to feel like this? There is a better life out there, okay, becoming aware. Well, what am I saying to myself? You know, like a, a prime example of if anybody's ever been cheated on, you know, if we're on the receiving end of that, we're like, I'm not good enough. They don't love me. I'm not pretty enough. It's because I'm not good enough as to why they went elsewhere, you know, and it's not the fact that, you know, maybe there's something going, well, definitely with that person, you know, why can't they be faithful? If they weren't happy in the relationship, why weren't they able to leave? What's going on? You know, and that's why I love um, Esther Perel's work as well when she talks about relationships and um, having affairs and desire and intimacy and so many things. Like she's shared so many stories on her podcast and in her books about relationships where there have been affairs. And I know this is sort of a little bit off topic, but still coming down to that, okay, what's what's the underlying belief that's being stored, that's being broadcasted out from the unconscious mind that's running the show here? And the thing is when we're dealing with that part of our mind, it's automatic. We don't have a choice. It's the reactive part, you know. And so we know as well if it's something coming up for us that – We want to change, but it's so hard to change. That's another way of knowing where it's coming from as well, how deep it's coming from, what part of our mind it's coming from. Because if it was just a conscious choice, we could consciously choose something else. And And we would be doing exactly, wouldn't we? We'd be doing things. No one wants to suffer. No one wants to feel like absolute rubbish or exhausted every day. You you talk to anyone, no one wants that. Mm -mm. And I think the good thing to learn too here is sometimes the beliefs that we carry are not even ours. Mm. They're not even ours. So we, I always talk about um, our programming that we have, those beliefs that we have, they all stem from somewhere because when we're, um, once again, Dr. Bruce Lipton talks about us being in the third trimester. So when we're still in utero, Mm -hmm. we're starting to be programmed from that moment. Like our thinking, our beliefs, our systems, our we are taking that in because between that age and seven, we are in a totally hypnotic state, right? So everything, we're like an iP- an iPhone that comes out that has no programming on it. So we're sitting there and we're this brand new iPad, right? And then we come through and each little app we have to add, the music on our phone we have to add. They come along, we have to build those in, the contacts, all those things. They're behind the scenes. So that's the unconscious thinking, so when we look at what's happened, when we're zero to seven in that imprint stage, as you know, everything is just being sucked in. When we say that kids are like sponges, mm-hmm. literally, it's literal that they are like sponges. They might hear something on the news. They might hear an adult conversation. They might watch a TV show and all of a sudden that belief that has been suggested to them they have taken on board because they don't have any filters 
to go through. They're just in this state of taking it in, which is why their imaginations are so bloody incredible is because they're in this amazing state of mind. So when it comes to our beliefs as well, is there comes a point where we decide. So when we make that decision, whether it's unconscious or conscious, that belief then gets stronger and stronger because we replay it and our unconscious mind searches for more of that. So mm -hmm. when you talk about that root cause, if there's a root cause decision, so I know a lot of people when they deal with money, it might have been something that they heard when they didn't even realise it, when they were two, there might have been some sort of financial thing going on or they might have heard about the global financial crisis on the news and they've at that point made some form of decision around money. Money's hard to make. Money's not easy to do. You've got to work hard for money, whatever it might be. Maybe if we're talking about relationships, you know, you're talking about that. Maybe there's been a relationship and they've made a decision that no relationships are good. They've made a decision that um, relationships are hard, relationships, whatever it might be for them. Mm -hmm. Or relationships are loving, relationships are kind, relationships are partnerships, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be good, bad or ugly. They're just... A decision that was made and so if we can get rid of that root cause then that totally flips the view on that situation which then totally flips the view on everything into your future yeah absolutely and that's what I say to people as well you know up until you're about seven or eight years old your brain is constantly in that hypnotic state yeah. that's why to kids they literally can imagine things so well you know they play make believe you know they're so creative and and that's why we have to be so careful you know of the language that we use but also what is in our environment like I don't watch the news because I know how much I can take that stuff on without even knowing it you yeah. know what I mean like and I actually had a client uh recently who when we did some timeline stuff some regression um, she went back to remember being about five or six years old, I think, and hearing about a, a little girl who had been taken from the bus stop. I think it must have been while she was waiting to go to school. So she's heard this on the news. Little girl taken from the bus stop was sexually abused, killed, and then had rocks put in her backpack and thrown in a dam. So she's just heard that and she's become, she's formed all of these beliefs, you know, and, and her poor daddy's just sitting there watching the news and she just happens to be in the room and I guess that's then coming back to that awareness okay hold on a minute what's going on around me yeah. what am I absorbed how do I as an adult feel when I hear this stuff and then I have to be careful okay what kids are around because they yeah. take everything as gospel and the other thing as well is that I say to clients you know because it all most of the time comes back to a belief that's been formed within that naught to seven years old yeah. some sort of experience you know because their minds are just so open and they are literally like little sponges. And the thing is, when we're kids, we are so reliant on our primary caregivers to meet all of our basic needs for food, for shelter, for love, connection, everything. Because we literally just can't because we're kids. Yeah. So we think the whole world revolves around us because it does, because it needs to. Mm. And so whenever something happens around us, if a parent's arguing, we think it's about us. We think we're not lovable. You know, and if, if a parent split up, if there's, you know, any sort of bullying, if there's anything that goes on, you know, at all, we let the, the beliefs are formed, I'm not enough, you know, I'm not lovable. I don't know how many clients it comes back to, they're just feeling worthless. And where people get confused is even if they 
remember, have an idea of where it comes from, we look at it from our adult mind. You know, it's like, you know, I know my parents separated and a lot of clients, if that's the situation, they're like, you know, I think it might have something to do with why I feel the way I feel now, you know, why I struggle in relationships. But, you know, like I know that they had to do that and, you know, they're so much happier for it now. And it's like, but you're looking at that from your adult mind. Yeah. When we, you were three, you, you couldn't right. comprehend that, that's you know, right. and that's yeah. that's the part of you that keeps showing up in these adult relationships and then we wonder why we feel so out of control because there's a three-year-old in us that feels a certain way that hasn't been able to process their emotions consciously because they don't have the tools to be able to do so because who teaches us that stuff? So it gets trapped. It gets trapped in our body. It gets trapped in our mind, you know, and then it shows up in you know a lot of the time you know because I work with people with um, a focus on relationships who've come from unhealthy relationship after unhealthy relationship so you've got a three-year-old or a five-year-old or an eight-year-old showing up in that moment when it gets triggered trying to navigate adult life trying to look after three kids trying to hold down a job trying to um, be intimate with a partner you know, any wonder we feel so out of control, any wonder we feel so overwhelmed and that's that's what's happening. But we don't know that and we also think, well, yeah, but that's just how it was and, you know, we sort of not shame ourselves but don't truly acknowledge the experience that we had at that point in time from a three-year-old's point of view because it's completely different. Absolutely. And that's the thing, right, what served us when we were three, that served us, right? But as you become an eight a 12, a 21-year-old, a 34-year-old, a 70-year-old, whatever age it is, those things don't serve us anymore. And in our, in, in my line of work, what we do is we, we look at going back to that, exactly what you're saying, and taking the learnings from it. Mm-hmm. Because what as an adult can you learn from that situation? You know, it's actually not my fault. Mm-hmm. That's their stuff. You know, I have people come through all the time just going, oh, my gosh, it had nothing to do with me. It was actually their way of coping and going through that, you know, I am actually a strong kid. I am this. I am that. I can do these things. I can move past this because it was what I saw on a show. It was what I heard my parents do. It was what happened in my life. And, yes, our backstory is our backstory. Mm-hmm. And we can use that backstory for two in two ways. We can use it that we have it and it hinders us and we create excuses or we can use it to empower our new story which is what the reclaiming our awesomeness is about right Mm -hmm. knowing that shit yes I've been dealing oh sorry I've been (laughs) I've been dealing with this for so long what can I do with that to lead my future because I'm the same we don't watch the news in our house it's banned in our house because exact same reasons as you And I'm highly suggestible, so Mm -hmm. I have to be really conscious of what's going on around me as well because I just take that stuff on in, (laughs) you know, download it onto Katie. So I have to be really conscious and work on not taking on that that sort of thing as well. And I think it's really important to know that we have a choice, although I understand that and I respect that at the moment for some of the viewers it might be really hard to go, I don't have a choice, I'm living with this day-to-day. If you're at that point, then maybe that's the point of seeking support because we we do, like life is all about the choices we make, the choices on how we view the world, the learnings that we can take from the experiences that we have. And we've all had our 
life experiences, right? Like from when we're little right through to now, we've all got our own backstory. We've all got things that have happened and they've affected us in different ways. And we have the choice to stand and look and go exactly what you're saying about, you know, looking at the past and going, oh God, I just don't want to be there. Or going around this way, oh, there's the future. That looks amazing. I want this. I'd like to do this. And start focusing because I have my clients are the same you know same problem I just don't want anxiety I don't want to feel like shit I don't want to have these troubled relationships I don't want to feel like rubbish all the time well what do you want and even sometimes we we need to make that space to go and find out well what do we actually want like look at our lives and go well what do I want instead which can be quite a challenge but it is possible here's the thing is that all these things are possible even I get my clients to do journaling on it and journaling can be looked at in different ways but this form of journaling I I get them to write down well sit down take some time and go well okay this is me what do I want in my life how do I want to feel how do I want to experience the world like what do I want it may not be happening right now Mm -hmm. but it's what I want to happen And it's leading us in a direction that makes us feel amazing, makes us feel good and actually live the life we want to live. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a really great uh, process to go through because it gives you the time and space to think, well, yeah, gosh, you've spent so much time and energy focusing on what we don't want that we need to give ourselves time to focus on what we do want and that's okay Mm -hmm. to do that as well. Yeah, definitely. And I completely agree. You know, journaling is so powerful in whatever form it is. It truly, truly is. You know, it lightens our load, allows us to then look and go, oh, okay, like, wow, yeah, right. That's how I'm looking at that. Maybe there's another way or, you know. Is that true? Is it true? true? And that's an amazing question. Is this true? true. Is this true? You know, like, what are the odds of this actually happening? And I think another thing too, um, Gratitude is something that completely changes our state, you know, and also as well, having feeling grateful for that part of us that is just trying to protect us, especially when we're in a state of anxiety. You know, we do something really cool during hypnotherapy, it's called role function, purpose, intention. And so, um, we go and do a bit of timeline stuff, a bit of regression, and and then I get the um, get clients to repeat this sentence, and it's like, I'm the part of Becky that makes her feel anxious, and my only role has been to protect her, help her, keep her safe from getting hurt, from you know all these sorts of things. My only function is you know to keep her safe. This is you know like, and it just comes out, and then there's just this state of gratitude that people enter into, and it's just like. This is what's happening, especially with anxiety, because it's just trying to warn you of danger. This part, this automatic part of your mind scanning. This is what happens. This is not woo-woo. This is not spiritual stuff. This is science. You know, this is this is science. You know, it's just this is black and white. There's no gray areas with this. This is exactly what happens, you know. And so going, wow, like in this moment, like if I'm in the shopping center, absolutely stopping breathing and then I think one thing to add on to that would just be going wow like thank you like have that internal conversation if you're somewhere where you can speak out loud fantastic public places probably not great but (laughs) whatever do you you know exactly wow like oh thank you like thank you for trying to warn me you know 
become aware that there's a part of you coming up that's been hurt in the past, that's been in danger, that's just noticed something familiar with the environment that you're in at the moment, you know, that's just a little bit sensitive and just wants to protect you and just have gratitude for that part and, you know, really acknowledge that as well. And that's so much to do with becoming aware. But gratitude is so powerful. It literally changes our physical, emotional and psychological state. It just... Yep, it, sorry, does. it does because, you know, you can't have two opposite emotions at once. Mm-hmm. You can't have gratitude and fear at the same time. You can't have gratitude and scared at the same time. You can't have gratitude and anxiety at the same time. They they can't coexist. One can push the other out of the way and feel stronger, but they can't coexist at the same time, yeah. which is awesome because if you are practising the gratitude and really feeling into it, here's the key because some people say to me, gratitude doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, hang on a sec. Are you feeling into Where's the coming from? Yeah, yeah. Is it? Are you just saying it because you know you have yep. to say it? Like, yep. you know, when your mum tells you to do something, you're like, yeah, yep. yeah, I'm just doing it because mum told me to. But are you are you saying it and feeling it at the same time? Because your body can't do that. And if mm-hmm. you make that conscious decision to push your mind and say, I am grateful for, and really feel into it, mm-hmm. it might be even if you're standing in the shop, I'm grateful for that part of me. Yeah. But I'm also grateful for a warm shower. Yeah. I'm grateful. Oh, I can feel my feet on the floor now. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful that I have all these options to choose from in the shop. And yeah. just the smallest of things, doesn't matter how big, how small it is to be grateful for, mm-hmm. you can't have both at once. Absolutely. I know you want to have your cake and eat it at once, but it just doesn't happen, right? No. <laughs> and you do, you've got to feel into it. Yes. You feel it. You come from your heart space. And when we come from our heart space, that's when we can really tune into who we are, what's right for us. And I um, I listened to, I don't know whether I sent you through that YouTube video the other day with Dr. Um, Gabor Matei, but anyway, talking about attachment styles. And he said, the two things that people need is a secure attachment and to be able to express ourselves authentically. So this is a little bit off topic, but I'll bring it back in anyway. <laughs> and the problem that happens that causes chronic illness, it causes stress, anxiety, depression, all sorts of things is when us expressing ourselves authentically threatens that secure attachment and especially in childhood. But expressing ourselves authentically is a feeling. It comes from our heart space. And so if we tune into that and allow ourselves to settle into that space and come from a place of gratitude, whatever it is in that, that's that medicine. That's that feeling. You feel your body relax. You feel your nervous system calming down, getting back to that healthy baseline. You know, really I sort of get people to imagine sometimes like, so just close your eyes and imagine that you're hopping in an elevator and where you're hopping in is your logical mind thinking level. And now just press the button and just go down. Go down until you pull up when you're in your heart space and just sit there and think about that and come from that. What do you want? What's right for you? Yeah. Because the other thing that causes so much stress and anxiety is when we're trying to be someone based on what we think other people want us to be or what they actually tell us what they want us to be but isn't in alignment with ourselves, that in itself will cause that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I love that getting into your heart space. That's something that people can walk away and do today as well to tap into what they actually want, mm-hmm. taking that time to do that. And um, that's such a great way to go through. An- another um, tip that 
you can use too is if, if you, you know, a lot of stress and anxiety that comes through with people I work with is switching over from mum to business, mm-hmm. to wife, to work, whatever it is, going between to friend, to auntie, there's all these different roles that we play and sometimes they start to merge together and that can create stress, overwhelm, um, the, this feeling of anxiousness, this overstimulated body. So what you can do is you can actually just take, it literally takes a minute to two minutes if you want it to. Um, I do it between clients to clear myself mm-hmm. from the last one going into the next one. And all you do is you just sit back and get yourself relaxed and then you close your eyes and you take a deep breath in and when you breathe out, you say to yourself, release, 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 release. And imagine releasing all the tension. Take another deep breath in and say release, 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 release. And imagine it all releasing from your body. And you do that as many times as you need to. And then what you do is you tap in and you go, well, how do I want these people to see me? Mm-hmm. If you think about your children, how do you want your children to see you? Do you want them to see you as a loving, supportive mum? Then project that. Our energy of our intention gets projected. Mm -hmm. If it's a wife, okay, I want to be supportive. I want to be loving. I want to be kind. I want to listen. So set that intention and then that radiates through to them. If it's a client, you know, I want them to feel supported, guided, but they have their own personal power. Mm-hmm. So it's all about that's how I radiate my intention to them and it changes the feeling in your body. And between the different ones, because we've got different roles, right? Like yep. as a partner, as an auntie, as a friend, like it's all as a colleague, all these different things. So we've got to think, well, how do I want them to see me? Like what part of me do I need to share with them? And by doing that release, it actually relaxes the body. Mm-hmm. And then you've got set the intention and that really helps you move between yeah. parts, operations, roles, whatever it might be that you're doing. I love that. I absolutely love that. And I love that we touched on being intentional. And if we can set that intention from our heart space and that comes down to focus, what do I want? And move in that direction, be intentional with that. And that's probably something else that I guess you know, I have a Facebook group where we just openly share if you're inspired to or hopefully it prompts people just one thing that you're grateful for each day. And mm-hmm. then I guess so to tag along to that, add on to the end of that, which I think I'll probably switch it up a bit and start to do in there as well, is this is what I'm grateful for today and today my intention is. Yes. And intention is such a massive part of, I mean, it's the whole focus of when we're running a Lifeline session, but that's where we're going. That's what I want. And that's how you'll show up. And that, again, comes into the power of our words, you know, and I find so many people like sitting there and saying, well, oh, I just know that when I go to that party, I'm just going to feel uncomfortable, you know, and insecure and not going to be able to socialize and whatever. And then they go to the party and that's exactly what their experience yeah. is. And it's like, right. that's the intention that you've set. That's the power yeah. of your words. Okay. So stop and take a minute, even though it might feel a little bit funny because in the past, that's how you felt. And that's why your mind thinks that it's going to happen again. But 
what okay so what do I want for this experience okay well I want to go there and I want to feel I'm going to feel relaxed and I am the two most powerful words in the world our mind likes present I am not I'm going to no I am chase right exactly (laughs) I am I'm going to be confident I am confident, sorry, I am confident, I'm calm, close your eyes, use that visualization, create that whole experience in your mind, you'll feel it in your body, you know, I am confident, I'm outgoing, I communicate really well, I'm fun to be around, I'm laughing, I'm joking, I'm quite charismatic actually, I'm attracting people, I'm talking to people, um, you know. I feel good. I am good. I know I'm enough, you know, like I look good, all those things. Just thinking that just completely, it's just like we stand taller, like our posture, you know, we're like, yeah, okay, this is going to be great. You know, simple things that we can do. And and the first step definitely is becoming aware of what am I thinking? What am I saying? Yes, okay, I've experienced that in the past, but you know what? We're not in the past. We're moving forward. So in this present moment right now, what am I going to lay down as a foundation for my future experience? And just to bridge what we were talking about before, um, I think you mentioned Jay Shetty's work. When I'm in the past, I'm feeling depressed. When I'm in the future, I'm feeling anxious. And the whole thing too, like uh, there's this quote that I love. It's like it's not the it's not the future we're afraid of. It's the past repeating itself. Yeah. And have, making that disconnection. There's past. There's present. There's future. What my future is going to present to me will be based upon what I do in the present moment. Yeah, and you create it. Yep. And that's where I love I love the thinking because we create the future we want. Mm-hmm. We create our better life. We create what we want for the future, whether it's good, bad or ugly. But if you make the intention to create a new way of being, if you create an intention to create to go through and build your future the way you want it to, then that's really powerful and that cuts that pattern and the more you do it, you can cut it through and I'm sure like our work does that quickly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you're, you know, you can keep going through and doing this each time because absolutely true, mm-hmm. you imagine, you create. You yep. think it, you create it um, and that's the power of our thinking and how strong our minds are in what it does it's amazing it's magic you know and that's where the whole responsibility comes in you know and I know at first we think about taking responsibility it's like oh really it's up to me but then it's also like but how cool is that because you don't actually have to rely on anybody else you've got all this shit inside of you you can do that you know and yes we've got we've got some fantastic tools that speed that up but Louise Hayes work it's all oh. based on, you know, intentions, affirmations, you know, and look at the impact that she's made on the world. So mm. there's so many different things and definitely what people are drawn to, run with that. It might be you, it might be I, it might not be, it might be NLP, it might be hypnotherapy, it might be Louise Hay, it might be whatever it is, it Tony doesn't Robbins. matter. Tony Even Robbins, amazing, Master right Kip, he's like my god at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah. Peter Crone's work is incredible. So, like, whatever it is, you know, one, just believe that and know that you don't have to live your life, the rest of your life, the same way, feeling the way that you feel. You can make a change. It is possible. It doesn't have to be really, really hard. Um, And that you're worth it. You deserve to be happy. 
You don't have to suffer. And the other thing is too, when we heal this stuff, we heal it for seven generations before us and seven generations after us. And, you know, like I haven't had kids yet, so I'm always really mindful of saying anything about that because I haven't had that experience and I'm also well aware that it comes with its challenges and everything as well. But this is science too. What we don't trauma anything in us, what we don't heal it will show up in our kids. Absolutely. We carry trauma. We touched on that before. Generational trauma. It's a real thing, you know, and all of the work that we do as well, there's ways to release that, to move past that too. Like it's really cool. It is really, it is really, really cool. And here's a cool thing for your listeners is when I, I had my eldest who was quite anxious, suffered from anxiety, would freak out at things, like lose it, um, and I was really worried about him. Like, how could I support him? How could I do things for him? How could, you know, he's in this world of, oh, my God, he's only three when it started and I'm freaking out, getting older and older and I'm worrying about it. I'm worrying about him worrying. He's worrying more. And my my second, he was really angry. He was yeah. really aggressive. He was all these things. When I sorted my own stuff out, my world changed my my boy who's now 10, his anxiety, we had one anxious episode in months. And then my one who was angry, we had no more tantrum. Like he would occasionally spit it if he didn't get what he want, which is fine. It's his emotions telling him that there's something he's not okay with. Mm-hmm. But my kids changed only when I changed myself. Yeah, yeah. And that's, so that's, that's the cool stuff about this is that once we yeah. change it, we're not only affecting us, the ripple effect of what we do transforms the lives of those around us even without them having to do any work themselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And you took the words right out of my mouth, the ripple effect. You know, and I've had conversations with parents before. They're like, you know, my child's like this and this and this and anxious and whatever else. Oh. I'm like, okay, cool. What about you? Do you feel anxious? Do you suffer with anxiety? You know, and yes, okay, once kids get a bit older, you you can do some work with them. But the first place to start is the parent because they're just vibing off them. Yeah. They're just picking that up. It's all all learnt, you know. It's all so much of anxious behaviour is learnt. And this is the whole thing, you know. I posted the other day about um, something come up in a conversation and about um, it being anxiety being genetic. You know, there's a genetic predisposition and it's like, well, Kind of, if you look at it like, okay, well, my mum and her mum, they had anxiety and so did my aunt too. But it's not on a DNA level. Like, yes, absolutely, that stuff can either switch on or turn off our genes. But that's because it's in a stressful environment. Why? Why are we all stressing? Because it's a learnt behaviour. It's a learnt way of thinking. It's a belief too. It's a belief. We grow up learning to catastrophize everything. Anxiety is meant to be. I am meant to be stressed about everything because our parents are or whatever it might be. Yes. No blame. Like there's no blame. No. No anything to anybody. But it's just the way that it works. It can be passed down in a belief system at a cellular level. Yep. Carry that through because we give our kids mm-hmm. part of us, we create yeah. that, so that can be instilled in them too. And, and when yeah. we remove it, I couldn't get over the fact of how much my kids changed like that. I did not expect that, yeah. That just blew me away to see that the anxiety levels 
drop yep. straight down. He now goes to parties without me, but whereas before he would attach to my leg. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he's like, no, mum, you can go. I'm going, what, me, go? Sorry, you don't need me? <laughs> but it was a dream for me because I'd spent my whole life with him yeah. trying to get him to go out and have fun and be with his mate. But because I was under this curtain of anxiety, then um, once it lifted, oh, you know, that, that for me is one of the biggest benefits I got. Yeah, and just to add on to that, um, Kath Kerwin's just commented and said, oh, my God, Katie, I have two boys, similar patterns. Mine were older when I made the changes, but, yes, it was all about me. How many years did I think they needed fixing? I know, right? Yeah. Oh, I've got goosebumps. Absolutely <laughs> agree. Absolutely. I was trying to fix them and the problems that they were having. Yeah. Fix myself first. Absolutely. And also as well, going, there's actually nothing wrong with me. You know, well, I always say that to clients. I'm like, well, I'm really sorry to break it to you, but you're perfectly normal. Yeah, there's nothing wrong you. with you. You know, like yeah. you're just responding as a result of what you've experienced and anybody who has experienced what you have grown up with different beliefs, different environments, whatever, would be exactly the same way. So let's just let that go now. Yeah. Because that can be a constant thought too. What's wrong with me? There's something wrong with me. What's wrong with me? You know, like it can't just be anxiety. I can't just possibly feel this way as a result of there's something wrong with me. And that's another, you know, scary thinking, catastrophizing, which is a symptom and a cause of anxiety too. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah. we're all doing, and this is something that I really want to resonate, is we're all doing the best we can with the resources we have. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing. So as a mum, I sat there trying to fix my kids. That's all I knew how to do. Yep. That's all I knew how to do. I couldn't do any more than that because that was all I knew. But now I know what I know, I can do more. Yep. So I, there's never any blame or guilt or anything like that. We're all doing the best we can with yep. the resources we have. And if they're watching this, they're now given new resources. Mm. So they can now make a change to something in their life mm -hmm. and be able to support themselves through this journey yep. or others around them. Two things on that um, because I, I want to um, just address a couple of comments that are coming through. But the first thing is sometimes with our parents, and I know I used to do this as well, we think that they're almost not human because they're our parent. You know, and I'm assuming it probably is the same when you're a parent. You know, it's just like, but no, you know, like it's like, yeah, well, you've got that. My mum, my dad, they've got feelings. They've had experiences. They formed beliefs. They've had trauma just like I have. So I shouldn't have this expectation of them to be any different than what they are. That's so, right. like, you know, that's where the whole thing is. I can't blame them. It just is what it is. That's right. You know, it's not about being right or wrong. It's like, okay, well, this is, is what it is, but what do we want to change? Do we want something different for the future? And just being kind and compassionate because there is a reason why we feel the way we feel, whether it be anxiety, whether it be depression, whether it be low self-esteem, whatever it is, there's a reason why. You know, and just because you're a parent doesn't mean that you're some superhuman and you should just have all of your shit together and not be able to. And so I think if people can think of that, think that way too, that will help um, release some of the guilt and shame and those sorts of things too and regret that then comes up quite often when people start to realise these things. And I think, I don't know about you, but I know if people are interested when it comes to parenting, um, Dr. Shafali is amazing and her book, The Conscious Parent, is incredible and it mm. talks about all of that stuff too. So I just want to um, 
And Jessica's commented and said, I hope I can change things for my daughter's sake then. Can you just give Jessica a little bit of advice? Because I hope that she's not feeling guilty or responsible in this moment as a result of hearing this. Um, So, yes. There is absolutely hope for for changing things and it comes with the decision to do it. Mm-hmm. So it comes with the decision to actually take action and implement and there's no guilt around this because here's the thing, if you're not conscious of it, you didn't know it was happening, you didn't know what else to do, there's nothing wrong with that. That is just as it is like you were saying. And so when it comes to being a, a, a mum and going through and looking at, well, gosh, I had one lady say, I've ruined my kids. I'm like, oh, my gosh, you have so not ruined your kids. Lead by example. Mm-hmm. It's something that's been taught to us forever is to lead by example. So if she can start leading by example, start writing a gratitude journal every day and let your daughter see you do it. Let your daughter know you're doing it. Talk to your daughter about what you are grateful for and all of a sudden her thinking will start to change. Mm-hmm. You, you do those things. You do the breathing. You tell her, oh, whew, gee, I'm a little bit stressed. I'm going to just take a moment and I'm going to breathe. And you count out loud. One, two, three. One, two, three, four, five. Gee, I'm feeling better. I'm going to do it again. Let them know what you're doing to help yourself so that they then go, oh, they're modelling, right? They're at a model stage when they're from 7 to 14. So model everything you want to help your daughter with. Model, model, model. Do the gratitude work. Do the breathing work. Do whatever it is that you can fit into your lifestyle. Do the brain dumping. You know, here's an example. We went camping and I was totally overwhelmed between work, school, camping, getting everything organised. So I said to the boys, whoa, there's just too much going on. I need to do a brain dump. So I literally sat there and wrote everything I was thinking. And then I said to them, oh, let's highlight the things that are camping so we highlighted the things we needed to do that were camping and we did it together. So I'm I'm giving them the guidance by working on myself. Mm-hmm. And that's always like, you know, this journey never ends. We just, we learn something new about ourselves. We learn a new technique. We learn a new way of doing things that's effective for us. So you absolutely can assist your daughter at any stage of life, whether they're 23, whether they're two, whatever it is is starting to be conscious of those things and lead by example, lead with love for them, lead with knowing that you're taking care of yourself, Mm -hmm. right? Because what don't people do and why do we end up where we are? It's because we don't take care of ourselves. So start doing the things that take care of us because that in turn is actually caring for your kids. Yeah, definitely. And um, that's perfect. And Bex commented and said, um, her daughter Alexa is such a confident person now. Um, Bex done a lot of work um, with herself and anxiety and those sorts of things. But she says, but she notices on the days or weeks that she feels like shit um, that Alexa then reverts back to being teary and needing her to take her into class. Because I know that was a big thing, and I'm sure Beck won't mind me sharing this, but that's a big thing that Beck noticed. Um, when she started doing work on herself too, Alexa didn't need her to walk her into the classroom every day. So, and and Alexa hadn't done anything, you know, like she's just, 
And so then definitely Beck can obviously see the, the difference with how she's feeling um, too. And Kath has said that there's actually a free masterclass um, in Mind Valley at the moment with Dr. Shafali. So that's really cool if people right. want to check that out too. Um, Mind Valley. Kath's also said, um, so she mentioned before that her two boys and realising that it was all her stuff, she said um, hers were older when she woke up um, and it makes a difference even though um, one of her sons isn't living at home. Uh, remember, healing you is also healing them and it's never um, too late. And then Jessica's jumped on and said, thank you. Um, I didn't know where to start, but you've given me some great ideas. I'm new to this page, but I'll be going through looking for more resources. So that's fantastic. And Jessica, if you want to reach out to Katie, um, I will share where you can find her in the comments and on this post as well. I'll update it. Um, but I guess because we've been here for nearly an hour and a half now, we should yeah. probably wrap up. But yeah. on that, a couple of things. First of all, where can people find you? Facebook, um, Instagram, web page, email, whatever it is the best way for people to reach out and contact you because I've no doubt people definitely want to talk to you more after this because you're amazing. Oh, thank you. Um, yeah, so people can get in contact with, with me via Facebook. It's at Katie Godden Coaching mm -hmm. and the page is called Katie Godden Reclaiming Your Awesomeness. And you can PM me through there. You can also jump on to um, Instagram. I am at katie.godden. And my website is katiegodden.com that they can go through. But, you know, if you want to email me with any questions or anything like that, it's just katiegodden at outlook.com.au. Awesome. So I'm just going to type them in that. now. And also, so I usually finish my podcast because the podcast is called, even though we're on Facebook Live too, is called Be The Best You. So two things, but because I want to bring this in with your business because I love the name of your business, which is Reclaiming Your Awesomeness. Um, so first of all, what what's one thing people can do every day to help them begin to or reclaim their awesomeness? One thing. Great. One thing they can do is stand up tall with their shoulders back. Awesome. <laughs> reclaim your awesomeness stand up tall with your shoulders back that's one of the biggest things that you can do and the other thing to do is gratitude daily yep daily gratitude to reclaim your awesomeness because your unconscious mind will actually gravitate towards finding things in your day that are absolutely amazing so they're the two things that you can do to start reclaiming your awesomeness today because we all have it within us so yep. thanks for having me on and no worries you're not going anywhere yet I've got one question left. And just on that too, you know, I quite often explain to people, especially, you know, if I'm getting them to settle into their heart space or be intentional, it's just like, mm -hmm. you know, sort of picture you, this part of you is just all under a pile of dirty laundry that's just been thrown on top for so long underneath all of that there you are, you know, and it's just peeling back the layers. It's getting in there and going, okay, where am I? Because you never lost it. It's always been inside you it's always been there and i'm assuming that's what that's awesomeness that's what you refer to so last question which you may have already answered in the last one but anyway we'll go with it what's one thing people can do every day to be the best them to be the best you to be the best them is to just know that your awareness of yourself and making that step forward and choosing to go in the direction that you want to create in your life Mm -hmm. that's how they can be the best version of them every day setting that intention of what do I need to do to be the best me yeah yeah and in the words of my beautiful friend Elle 
um, you do you, boo. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly right. Because ain't no one else like you in the world. That's it. Right? And there's a reason for that. There's a reason for that, yeah. definitely. Okay, thank you so much. This has been so amazing. Um, I feel like we should do this once a week or something. Like I feel it's like we fun, should just right? make this a thing, you know. And so thanks, everyone, for joining us for your comments and hearts and thumbs up. And um, oh, yeah. if they want us to come on every week. Yeah, this well, let cool. us know. Let us know. Maybe I'll maybe, maybe not an hour and a half for them every yeah. week. <laughs> I mean, I'd be happy with that. But <laughs> two, three hours, you know, I could talk about this stuff all day. I know, me too, me too, <laughs> me too. So, yeah, um, maybe we can put a poll out there or maybe just share in the comments um if you are watching the replay thanks so much I, I know we've been here for a while but i hope what you have um heard has been really valuable please reach out to katie she's amazing um and of course you know where i am um and yeah whatever it is just know that um that you don't have to live this way if you are suffering and struggling at the moment um that you definitely so jessica said please do come on every week so we might have to do something about that um yeah so just yeah do what's right for you but um don't give up hope and just know um just know vicky says yes to just know that there's a life out there where you can be happy and fulfilled and you know what we do still experience pain fear and stress but it's so much easier to deal with when we're not carrying all of that baggage around so take that backpack off know that there's tools amazing people to be able to help you to do that and you know life especially with anxiety in particular life without anxiety is freaking awesome oh it's bloody amazing so good so oh, good <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you so much Becky. thanks katie i'll talk to you soon bye, bye. everybody bye. bye thanks everyone for joining us